Do you want to live freely and lightly in your purpose and passion? More than ever, we need to learn to live in rhythms that help move us forward. Welcome to the Exhale Podcast. This is Holly Newton, founder of Exhale Women, and I am your host. I have invited three co-hosts, Annalise Lillard, Annette Yanez, and Cassie Cooper to join me here. We need God's rhythms of grace to live in His strength. What He builds, He sustains. We can't do it without Him. We have some incredible guests lined up, and we can't wait to share these conversations with you. Welcome to the Exhale Podcast. So I'm going to take a second, and I want to get to know this room. So I would love for you to raise your hand if you love women's conferences. If you love women's gatherings, raise your hand. That's a lot of you. That's a lot of you. Okay, I want you to raise your hand if you were drug here, if you were made to come, if she wouldn't leave you alone, (laughs) and if you're just here because you needed to get out of cooking duty or watching kids. Raise your hand. Keep them raised. Keep them raised. This group, keep them raised. Keep them raised. I identify with you so big. (laughs) So I want to tell you a little story. Seven years ago when we were living here in Austin, before we moved to Nashville briefly, we'd keep going and coming, going and coming. But seven years ago, I was sitting in a little uh, movement called If Gathering. Some of you may have heard of it. It was their very first one. And I was invited to come by a friend who was a sponsor and said, would you like to come to this event and help me and get a free ticket? I was like, no, thanks. Cool. Not, not for me. He said, no, I think this is one you might actually enjoy. I said, no, thank you. Did you hear me? Oh, thank you. <laughs> he pressed in. Would you like to? I really, really, I think you like these women. Like, they're, they're really cool. And I was like, okay, I will come help you, and then I will leave. You see, I was in a season where I didn't want to be around people where I might have intimate conversations. Um, I was in a season where God was restoring my heart. He was restoring my marriage because of mistakes I had made. I was in a season where I was forgiven, but I was so bound. I wasn't free. I was in a season where I thought God couldn't do anything with me anymore. I didn't understand his love for me. So you see, I went there that day thinking I was helping him, helping this, uh, this feed the hungry, I think is what it was, helping the organization. Um, But I was there because Jesus wanted to meet me and set me free. Um, I went there, I'm just going to be really honest, okay, we're just going to kick off our shoes and talk today. I went there looking for the exit door because I thought, well, I can slip out if it gets too scary. And then this cute little intern met me, J.D. Marquez, I'll never forget her. She was one of Jenny Allen's first interns, and she met me with her bright, shining smile, like, kind of like Cassie Cooper, just really sweet, like you, just so sweet. And she led me to the front row. I said, here's your spot. But she was so cute, I couldn't say, sister, I can't do this. I said, okay, thank you, thank you. And so I sat there, and as I talked to the other women, I realized I was in a pool of bloggers. I was like, oh my word, I do not want to become the topic of your blog. (laughs) I didn't want to get to know them. Um, Anyway, as I sat there 
in that first session, just, I was, I was shaking. I knew no one in the room that day. I knew no one in the room that day. I'd heard of some of the speakers. You guys would know them, Chris Kane, all those people, but I knew no one. I was, we came from the Dallas area, and we had just been here about six months. And I sat there that day, and Jenny was shaking in her boots. It was her first if gathering, and um, she was just so bold. And for the first breakout, she said, now I, wanted to, I want you to turn to your neighbor, and I want you to tell them what's holding you back was holding you back from living in your purpose. And I was like, okay, here comes the exit door. It's so close to me. I'm at the front. Here I go. And for a moment, I heard the Lord say, this is your time for freedom. This is your moment for freedom. And I was like, yeah, but I don't want to say what's holding me back. I don't want to say about my shame. I don't want to talk about I'm frozen. I don't want to talk about how I feel like life's missed me because I messed up. But at that moment, I just felt the spirit of the Lord say, if you'll just bring it to the light, if you'll just bring it to the light. And in that moment, I wanted my freedom more than I cared about opinions for the first time. And so I went first. And I told them the whole story. And you know, those ladies received me with such love. Strangers. You would actually know some of their names. They've written books and blogs. Strangers. And you know what they did? They prayed over me. And they shared their own pain. They prayed into what God had ahead for me. They prophesied into ministry. I couldn't see that with my own eyes. But something broke in that moment. My shame fell. I felt free. I felt free. And I surrendered. I said, God, whatever you want with this, whatever that looks like, I, I don't really think you can do much with it, but I'm, I'm saying whatever you want. And so I want to tell, I tell you that story because that was the beginning of what exists today, but I didn't know it yet. And that was the moment of my freedom where Jesus met me just as I was, scared, trembling, lots of thoughts, lots of things to still work through. He met me where I was. He freed me, and he began a new traje trajectory. And so what I want to tell you today is no matter what you came in with, no matter what your family member has, no matter what, Jesus is enough. I want to tell you, you don't have to wait till the last song today to receive your freedom. I want to tell you, his promises are here right now. They were there yesterday. They're there in your middle. They're there for the future. They're here right now. So I just want to say, let's just open up to what God has for us today. So I'm going to speak to you for a few minutes, and I just want to pray, Lord, I pray that you would speak to us. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak, that each person would receive a deposit of what the truths are. God, I pray that your word will just come alive in us today. In Jesus' name. So if you'll turn to your Bibles or your app to Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 through 30, it says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take up my yoke and learn from me, because I am lowly and humble in heart, 
and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So that's actually the foundation verse of the Exhale Ministry. It's something the Lord gave me uh, several years ago. Uh, like I said earlier, we got called out to Nashville. Um, it wasn't on our radar. And, you know, everybody goes to Nashville. I don't know if y'all know this, but they go to Nashville with a dream. <laughs> and I was like, for the first time in my life, I had no dream. But I knew that I was free and I knew I was surrendered. So this is actually where Exhale began, is where in a city where I knew no one, didn't have any community, Jesus taught me to look at the one. He taught me to be mindful of the one I encountered every single day. And for a while, I didn't encounter many people. But the ones I did encounter, we went deep. And so I began to open up my home to women I would meet through my husband's workplace, Franklin in Tennessee is a really cute community. So you meet a lot of people and those Southerners, they're really friendly. Like they'll show up with a pie at your door. And so, you know, they were really friendly. So it was easy to meet people, but Jesus would always show me the one sitting across. So we started this, uh, I was like, you want to come to my house? We'll talk about Jesus on Saturday morning. <laughs> and there was a group of about 18 women that um, began to come to my house. And we just began to talk about the real time things that were going on, the real time pressures. Um, and what was beautiful was God was building something I didn't even know, but it came through seeing the one. Jesus always went for the one. I had, I've lived my life in megachurch. I've been in big ministry, uh, uh, you know, all of that, all the programs, and, and, and they're wonderful, but, and we need them. But in my season, Jesus was reminding me I go for the one. And it's really important that we see each other, that we, that we reach across to one another because we are made to live in community with one another. Um, so as we began together, it was about a year and a half, I felt like God was saying there's something more here. I was like, yeah, so what do you want to do? I had a lot of time to learn to hear God's voice in that season like I hadn't before. I had a lot of time to get in his word when I had been too busy and had just taken other people's words for his word, he was teaching me how to get in his word. And so he said, I, I, I want you to create space for them to come rest and receive. I said, yeah, what does that look like? And so it turned out to look like a weekend together where we came and um, everybody started inviting friends. I was like, hey guys, um, yeah, this has become bigger than 18 of us. So long story short, it was a gathering of about 42 women in a barn. Um, in Leapersport, Tennessee, where we came together to open the Word, to worship, to pray, and just to be together and have fun. Let me just tell you real quick, um, I'm probably to blame for this situation because Exhale's never been in a building. We've been in a barn and we've never had real toilets. So, <laughs> y'all, you guys have got it good. You just ask, yeah, you ask my daughter when you find her the toilet situation in the past. And my husband, if you see him running around, just bless him because the, we were in this, this first barn. It was beautiful. It looked like a wedding, but it smelled so bad. And so he was running around spraying Febreze on all the wood so it wouldn't offend the ladies. And that was awesome. And then the sheep came out at the last session and they were supposed to be in the pen. So you've got it good today. <laughs> you have it good. Anyway, that was the, that was the first uh, thing that happened. And um, then people kept bugging me after, so are we going to do it again? I was like, no. 
No. And then the, the need kept pressing, and I, I felt like the Lord was saying, I want you to do it again. So in obedience, I did. Um, it became a big city thing. And then it was beautiful. He always was so faithful to meet us. And, and then um, God called us back to Austin and told me to pause. And so I laid it down because without him, without his purpose, it's just an event, and we want something more than that. So I laid it down, and we um, came here. A few months later, my daughter got the diagnosis with her baby, Amos, who a lot of you know his story and his legacy. But, um, you know, God brought us here for that purpose. And we walked through, through that. We walked with them through his life, through his five short months. And um, God was, this, this is not going to be about him, but I want to say Amos left a legacy. God left a legacy through him because he showed us even deeper revelation. So we walked through that season. And after Amos went to be with Jesus, I said, okay, God, what you got next? And he began to show me pieces to pick back up. And where you're sitting today is part of it. I've been seeing your faces probably for a good two years. I didn't know who would be here, but I've been seeing this. I've been seeing this in my spirit. And so I know it's not of me. It's not of One Chapel. It's, it's not of any of us who have put our hands to it. It's of the Lord because he wanted to bring you here today. So that's a little bit about exhale. What I want to jump into now for my last few minutes is the theme awaken. This is what we're talking about today. If you'll just turn to Hebrews 12, uh, 1 through 12. Well, 1 through 2 is what I'm going to read. Therefore, since we also have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every hindrance and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the source and perfecter of our faith, for the joy that lay before him. He endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. You know, there's, um, we're going to talk about that verse a lot today, but there's one word that stands out to me as I was preparing for my session is that lay down the sin that so easily entangles you. So I ask you today, ask yourself, what so easily entangles you? Is it offense? Is it unforgiveness? Is it fear? Is it striving? Is it pride? Criticism? I deal with all of them. You know, to run with perseverance, we have to learn to let go. In the strength of the Lord, we have to learn to let go. We have to learn to let go of our baggage. But before we do that, the key, ladies, is we have to know who God is. Not who your sister says he is. Not who your neighbor says he is. Not who I say he is. Not who Amy says he is. You have to know who God is for yourself. And there's no shortcut except for the Word of God and time with Him. He is Abba Father. He is Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. 
He is Christos, the anointed one. He is El Shual, the God who gave you birth. He is El Day, the God of knowledge. El Elyon, the God most high. He is El Roy, the God who sees. He sees you. He is El Olam, the everlasting God. El Shaddai, God Almighty. Elohim, the creator. Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, our banner. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, our provider. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, our healer. Jehovah Rohi, the Lord, our shepherd. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is peace. Jehovah Shama, the Lord is there. He's the God who sent his son to die on the cross for you and for me. And we get to live in the resurrected life if we will only choose it. I wasn't living the resurrected life when I was forgiven but not free. But now I live the resurrected life. The finished work of the cross means victory. It means healing. It means victory. It means truth over the lies that the enemy plants in your head. Over the things that have happened to you or the things that you have done, the finished work of the cross is real if we will only lay hold of it. Because if we don't, it was in vain. Jesus died for you, but he rose for you. He asked the Father, let this cup pass. But if not, I will do your will. He did it for you. He did it for your freedom. He did it so that we have the hope of eternity. This is a crazy world we live in, guys. It's nuts. But it's all going to pass anyway. And we know who wins. But we don't have to wait till we get there. Like, it's here right now. Like, it's so here right now. I just feel him in the room. And Matthew, I, I, real quick, Matthew 11, 1 through 14. Jot this down. Open your Bible to it. Okay, so I read the verse, the exhale verse. Come to me. Do things my way. Rest. Jesus says rest. You can, you can, did you know you can actually work in his rest? I've been doing it all week. <laughs> like, I am so tired. But he's like, I give you rest. I give you strength. You don't do it on your own strength. So I love this about Matthew 11. And this is kind of new to me recently. I'd never paid so close attention to the top of the chapter. But Jesus is a, addressing John the Baptist. I'm, I'm going to read a few scriptures, but... We're going to do this because this is God's word. Um, it says, When Jesus had finished giving instructions to his 12 disciples, he moved on from there to teach and preach in their towns. Now when John heard in prison what the Christ was doing, he sent a message through his disciples and asked him, Are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? John replied to them, or Jesus replied to them, Go and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, those with leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor are told the good news, and blessed is the one who isn't offended by me. 
as these men were leaving, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed swaying in the wind? What then did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothes? See, those who wear soft clothes are in royal places. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet, this is the one about whom it is written. See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you. He will prepare your way before you. Truly, I tell you, among those born of women, no greater than John the Baptist has appeared, but the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been suffering violence, and the violent have been seizing it by force. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. And if you're willing to accept it, he is the Elijah who is to come. Let anyone who hears listen. So I'm reading this because John the Baptist was having an identity crisis. He was in prison when he knew his purpose was to be preparing the way for Jesus. His circumstances sure didn't match up to what he knew his purpose was. And he began to doubt. To where he sent them out and said, Go ask Jesus, is he really the one? He, he doubted his purpose, but he also doubted Jesus. And Jesus sent back word, evidences of who he was, reminding John, this is who I am, and this is who you are. So have you been in circumstances? that weren't matching up to what you thought you were supposed to be living. I have. I think we've all, all have, especially these last 18 months. Things haven't quite matched up, have they? But Jesus knew. And John the Baptist, more than anyone, he knew his purpose. <laughs> you know, but still even he doubted when he was sitting in a prison cell when he thought at that moment he should be out preaching. Jesus was still having his way. And you know what I love? After he um, sent them back to his shore, John the Baptist of who he was, he turned to the crowd and he told them who John the Baptist was. So let me tell you, you don't have to prove yourself to anyone. Jesus approves of you. All you have to do is say yes to what he says to do. And it doesn't matter what anyone else says. You look to the one and he will approve you. You do not have to approve you. The Instagram likes don't approve you. They don't, they don't confirm your purpose. It may sound funny, but a lot of people think that if they don't have this, then they're not this. That is a lie from the pit of hell. So what are you looking to today to approve you? It's a question I ask myself often because I want to stay in check before the Holy One. Because I fear Him. Don't let anything but Jesus approve you. So, um, okay. There's four things we need to let go of. There's a lot of things we need to let go of. Aren't there? But four things that have stood out to me preparing for this. Unforgiveness. Our sins against God are greater than anyone's sins against us. We need to keep that in perspective. We need to let go of unforgiveness of others. True forgiveness costs everything. It costs Jesus everything. So how much more should it cost us? He is our example. Disappointment. I'm sorry. You need to drop your disappointment. If you think about it, when we're disappointed, most of the time it's because things don't look like we think they should. And we need to readjust our lens 
to God's word. What does it say? He says, I will accomplish my purposes through you. He says, I will keep my promises. He says, I made you and created you for a purpose. Y'all, he'll work it out. We'll save ourselves so much time, money, and sleep if we'll just let him work it out. So we need to take our disappointment to the Lord. Ask him to do it. Ask him to reveal why am I disappointed. I've done it. And when he shows you the route, you walk a lot less, you know, hung up if you'll release it to him. Because ultimately, what you're answering is what do you believe about God? If I'm disappointed about delay or something, ultimately, my issue is, do I have faith enough? Where's my faith? Isaiah 35 tells us your God will come. I'm running out of time, so go read it. (laughs) Isaiah 35 tells you your God will come and save you, no matter where you are, no matter what you need. So God is here. God is here. God is here. And, um, you know, sometimes we think he's far off. So probably in a room this size, some of you are here today. And you're like, ah, I'm not quite feeling it. He feels a little far off. And that's okay. I want to tell you that's okay. Because your feelings don't change the fact that he's here. Your feelings don't tell him where to go. Your feelings are your feelings. So again, what do you believe about God? What do you believe about his word? Is he here? He promises he will never leave us or forsake us. Um, I recently had the most beautiful example reminding me in a few days of chaos how near God is. Y'all remember the ice storm we just had, anybody? Yeah, it was glorious. <laughs> for the first two seconds, it snowed. <laughs> uh, for all of us who love snow but don't get to see it much. Um, we were, my granddaughter was born during that ice storm. Finley Alice Rose, who's here today. <laughs> uh, she was born during that ice storm. Yep, yep, yep. They, those Lillard babies like the dramatic entrances. <laughs> all of them, all, all of them. So, uh, anyway, she, she was born on that Monday. And they were, they were coming home a little bit over 24 hours later. Boy, things have changed. And we get a call. Hey, we're on the way home with Finley. I'm like, and we're coming to your house um, because Aaliyah was at our house. And, you know, they're firstborn. And uh, the eyes was too bad to get to their house. I'm like, oh, wow, that's, that's really fast. <laughs> and uh, we were on those rolling outages. And I wasn't quite sure that they were apprised of what was completely going on out here because we didn't bug them with those details. Um, but we're like, all right, cool. And I'm like, oh, please stay on. Please stay on, energy. Please stay on. Please stay on. So we hang up the phone, and uh, Aaliyah's with us, the three-year-old granddaughter. And suddenly, the power goes out for longer than expected. Yeah. Man. Then suddenly the pipes break and the water starts flowing. <laughs> and I'm like, oh man, this is bad. <laughs> and you know, it's Aaliyah's dinner time and trying to rush to do all the things and sat her down. I was like, okay, baby, you sit here by the fire, you eat your dinner, it's firelight, candle, candlelight for you, sister. <laughs> and so we started hacking the water. That's a whole story. But what happened was when the lights went out, 
and the water started bursting. She goes, Gigi, I don't want to be alone. And there was a million things happening in that house in that moment. But you know what I did? I made my way to that baby. I didn't care about the water, what it could do, or, or what else was going on. I made my way straight to that baby because she called my name. She called my name, and I was going to be there for her. And that is, that is God our Father. Like, he's already there. Like, I couldn't get there quick enough, you know, like God could. But, <laughs> but he's there for you. Like, you call his name. She called out in innocence, and I guarantee you she knew I was going to be there because she knew I'd take care of her. But he calls your name. So I don't know what your image of him is today. But I'm telling you, you call his name. He's already there, but he's going to meet you in such a tender spot. When we learn to abide, when we learn to sit still, when we learn to let go, y'all, it's, it's such a beautiful thing in his presence. When we fix our eyes on him, like our scripture says today, fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher, the perfecter of our faith. Things really do grow dim. When you fix your eyes on Jesus, when you lock eyes with him, offense drops. Fear drops. Unforgiveness drops. Hopelessness drops. And if you don't feel it in that instance, keep doing it. Because he's faithful. Amber, do you want to come up? He's faithful. You know, sometimes, ladies, we have to learn to do things like we haven't done them before. We can't keep saying the same things over and again. And doing the same things over and again. And expect something new to happen. We have to press in a little bit deeper. We have to do something uncomfortable. You know, in 2 Samuel, you read about Hannah. She was crying out in her barrenness, in her desperateness, as if her life depended on it. And she wasn't stopping. She was deeply hurt. She wept. And she cried out with honest prayers. She even cried out in her resentment. Did you know it's okay to share everything with your father? He knows, but he wants to engage with you. Thanks so much for listening to the show. We are here for you. You can find me super easy at Holly A. Newton on Instagram and Holly Newton Official on Facebook. I'd love to connect with you and hear how the show is encouraging you. And let's help others find the show so that they can also be encouraged in their purpose and passions. There's a couple of ways you can do that. One by subscribing and another is by rating and reviewing the show wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. And two, you can even screenshot sharing your stories, text it to your friends and family. And be sure to tag me at Holly A. Newton on the socials so we can connect.